If you're not following us on Twitter, you gotta. This is a crucial week to go follow us on Twitter. Sam Hensel's back. He joined me again. We're starting up a movie podcast, and it's going to be pretty interactive. We're going to have you vote on which director's movies we're going to watch. I'm not going to spoil the podcast. I'll leave it all for your listening pleasure. You can take it all in, run through the process with us, the adjudication process for the final two directors that we wound up with. But make sure you follow us on Twitter, at FoxworthyPod. Once you are following us there, you will be able to vote in this poll next week. It's going to go up a week from today, and you will be able to decide the topic of our upcoming movie podcast, a filmography-based podcast. We haven't named it yet, but that's coming down the pike very fast. So follow us on Twitter. Follow Sam on Twitter. I think it's Sam J. Hensel, and then I am Gaines Taylor. And make sure you go back, listen to our old podcast. We got episode 44, Michelle Schubert. We got episode... 60 top 10 tv performances of all time we got all kinds of great stuff go back subscribe rate review listen blah 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 just whatever and by the way i checked out this week how to review a podcast on someone else's phone i was checking it out it's very easy you just go to the podcast page on your little 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 itunes app little apple podcast app and you hit write a review five stars submit I mean, you put words. You got to put some words. But it can be like a text. You write texts all the time, right? It's not hard. So go do that. Listen to this podcast. Go vote next week. Stay tuned to the website where I've got written content coming out on Mondays and Fridays. Yesterday, I published a piece called Tom Hardy is Our Greatest Living Actor. And you can go read that for the explanation. Last week, I wrote a review of The Big Sick that you can check out and an a recap of Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 1, which is probably now irrelevant because Episode 2 has aired. Regardless, stay tuned to the foxworthypodcast.com. we got all kinds of stuff coming all the time, and it's awesome, and we want you to be involved. So follow us on Twitter, follow us on the website, subscribe, rate, review, blah, 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 blah. Let's get to the podcast. It's me. It's Sam Hensel. It's movies. Hit it, Levi. Welcome to the Fox Movie Podcast. I'm Taylor Gaines. We are back. We have a special movie podcast, more of a preview for a movie podcast podcast coming at you today. I'm joined again by my friend Sam Hensel. He first joined me for, I was going to say the Leftovers pod, but I got to get out of the habit of saying that because years from now, people mm. will not know what I'm talking about. But years from now, people will know the top 10 TV characters of all time episode of the Foxworthy podcast. The most often referenced podcast in the Taylor Gaines sphere of podcasts. Either that or some of the Survivor interviews that we've had, probably. That's true, yeah. That's what I tune in for. Oh, for sure. But we're, we have a cool idea <laughs> about a podcast. Basically, the idea is to pick a director and go through their filmography and sort of break it down. We'll talk more about how we're going to plan on doing that as we go along. But I, I was kind of inspired for this by the fact that I'm really bad at watching movies. Like, I'll go and I'll see There Will Be Blood or something, and I'll think, oh, Paul Thomas Anderson seems like a crazy, awesome director. I need to go watch all of his movies. And then six months later, I'll not have even attempted to watch any more of his movies. So this is more of an excuse to try to get me to watch more movies. That's good. Let's do it for work instead of pleasure. It's yeah no i don't, I don't any en- excuse is a good excuse i don't yeah. enjoy movies like i said i didn't i didn't watch any of the tv shows that we <laughs> it's gonna be a really painful experience <laughs> i didn't watch any of the tv shows that we ranked the characters based off of last no. week i just did it for the hell of it and yeah. i don't like movies so so here we are here so here we are we each picked five directors and i believe how we're gonna do it is we are going to list off our five and then have we're gonna be forced to cut off one of our own limbs i suppose uh, two of our own limbs. Two of our own limbs. Yeah, two of our five, <laughs> five limbs. Don't. <laughs> we don't have an explicit rating on iTunes. I don't know if I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> the head is the fifth limb. Yeah, the head okay. on the neck. The, is the yeah, the limb. head. Um, wait. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we'll cut two off, and then the other person will choose from the remaining three, and we're gonna put our top two, the top one from each of us, on a Twitter poll, and the people can decide 
which director will watch all their movies. How does that sound? That works for me, Tay. You got one yes from me. I like it. <laughs> works for me. That's... Yeah, and just to be clear, this is not this is not our who we think the five best directors in the world are, because that is not at all what I picked. I just picked. Oh no. Who's who? Who's who? Is it going to be fun to just try and watch all their movies and explain them and and react to them? Yeah, and I think I haven't done like I said I haven't done this for a lot of directors. The only directors I've done it for. I won't spoil your list. I don't remember who's on it, but the only directors I've done it for in my life really are Chris Nolan and Wes Anderson, I think, which is kind of yeah. random. But Those are good ones. Um, Basically make the same movies. Very similar. Uh, Dunkirk Dunkirk is really just is just life aquatic, but in a different, <laughs> in a different country. Let <laughs> me really think about it. Did I even properly introduce you? Did I give you like a nice introduction, or are you, did you just cut in? I just kind of faded in. Oh, well. Just kind of drifted on the shore from well, the boat sam sam's fine. here he's live he's live from an undisclosed location yeah, real pirate radio here he's live from a country for old men i don't see any old men though, so i didn't pl- usually i plan my intros so they're better but yes. <laughs> anyway is that a movie a country for old men i've never heard of such it's a, movie. a sequel yeah um oh okay it's sort of we'll get into that later because i have the coen brothers on my list i guess i'll start first since i just mentioned it we're each just going to list our five directors we'll try to run through it pretty quickly and then we'll get into the deliberations process all right so my first director is two directors i cheated right off Get the out bat. Of here. anyway so mine is the cohen brothers joel and ethan cohen joel is apparently 62 ethan's 59 did you know they were that old get out of here yeah. no i did not i guess it kind of makes sense and they have directed 17 films together not not together sometimes they're credited one or the other but you know obviously they work together uh sure from what i've heard they edit their movies also so they have like i said they've directed 17 movies starting in 1984 all the way up to last year they're still going some you might have heard of fargo big lebowski no country for old men as i was just kind of joking about true grit Maybe Hail Caesar you saw last year. Chance, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, and they've done a bunch of uh, writing on other films in Hollywood, such as uh, Bridge of Spies and Angelina Jolie's directorial debut, Unbroken. Interesting. I would. Well, s- we wouldn't do those. No, 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 not no. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just giving you some context. I would describe their style as idiosyncratic and full of irony and unexpected violence. Is that fair? Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't know if I, it's hard to just straight up describe them, I think. I'm trying to give they, people a taste if they, they haven't seen a Coen Brothers movie. I don't yeah. even know how to. You've seen, a, you've seen a Coen Brothers movie, I think. I actually think I'm you could argue, each and every... you could argue that even if you haven't seen a Coen Brothers movie, you've seen something that's trying to be a Coen Brothers movie, probably. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so they're pretty important to film, so I, I wanted mm-hmm. to include them in my list. A fun fact I found about them is that they fired a baby while making Raising Arizona. Always showing up drunk to the set. Classic baby. Classic baby. All right, so Coen Brothers. My second one is someone I also have already mentioned because I was talking about There Will Be Blood earlier. My second one is Paul Thomas Anderson, who is 47 years old, much younger. He's a young gun. I think he's, uh, is he married to Maya Rudolph? He is, and he has directed seven films, eight if you include the upcoming Phantom Thread, which is going to be Daniel Day-Lewis's last movie. He's probably most well-known for There Will Be Blood. He also has directed uh, The Master, Inherent Vice, a couple years back. And he's done a lot of music videos in his life, too. He Bonus bonus points to anyone on Twitter who can explain to me what Inherent Vice is about. I, will... I saw that movie start to finish, and I, I can't tell you what it's about. Yeah, I paid close attention, watched the whole movie in a theater, and I have no idea what happened not a clue joaquin phoenix which might not sound near the beach (laughs) that's all i know owen wilson is there for some reason martin short is there for some reason. but if i remember correctly owen wilson was just there and whispering i don't remember anything that he said there was fog was he the fog scene i think i don't that that movie's so strange all right let's we're throwing out all 10 of these directors and we're doing a podcast for the next 10 weeks scene by scene of inherent vice and trying to figure out but that's anything that's why i wanted to put him on my five because i feel like paul thomas anderson uh, as 
unringing of an endorsement as it might sound to say that his movie is complete nonsense. Uh, right. Makes like really beautiful epics. He makes epics. Epics, yeah, yeah. and they feel like really rewatchable investigatable movies like stuff that we could really get something out of if we dug into it so i wanted to have him on i agree good one fun fact i found about him he attended film school for two days and then decided that he could learn more just by going home and watching movies himself what a valuable two days gosh i probably taught him everything he knew probably number three i have david lynch who heard of him he 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 made something you might have heard of what's it called Uh, oh are you talking about uh Excuse me, let me... Twin Peaks! <laughs> I feel like you really just gotta... You gotta wake your roommates up when you... You just gotta go for it. Yeah, I live in the basement. There's yeah, no sound. David Lynch, my screams. creator of, da- uh, of David Lynch, yeah. uh, is what I was about Debatable. to say. I was yeah. the creator of Twin Peaks, is what I meant to say, along with uh, Mark Frost. But he's directed ten feature films. And a really good couple Louis episodes. Oh, that's true. Which Did he direct the ones that he was in, or did he direct the... I have to assume, right? Uh, the, the, ones, late the, ones, right? the Late Show ones, right? The Late Show, yeah. Yeah. The one where he's in it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah he started in 1977. He's 71 years old. He uh, he's not young. currently releasing his 18-episode Twin Peaks Return series on Showtime that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. We'll get around to it, yeah. But, yeah, he's made films like Dune, Mulholland Drive, The Elephant Man, I don't know how many of his movies people would have heard of, but I would describe him as the strangest filmmaker I've ever seen. So that would be a fun sure. one too. <laughs> yeah, that would be a dive. That would be. It'll get dark in here. Oh, it. Yeah, I'm, one of the facts I found about him is that when he was a kid, his dad found him doing tests on rotting fruit and decaying animals in their basement. If you had said that fact was not when he was a kid, but while he was shooting Twin Peaks. I would have said, yeah, sure, why not? Or while you're shooting Mulholland Drive. Or at if they any said it, point. If, they, if you actually had told me in the background of Mulholland Drive in that diner, you can see David Lynch investigating a decaying cat and decaying fruit, I would say, yeah, that sounds... I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that in the movie. He also paints. Did I tell you this? He, he paints on his in his free time, and the New York Times described his paintings as, quote, seemingly made by a psychiatric patient nursing festering grudges. So I like that. He's basically a surrealist, crazy person of, of, yeah. of movies. Uh, so that would be a lot of fun. Number four. This is one that I think would be more fun in the pop culture sense of like culture his sphere. All of his movies are just very entertaining movie going experiences for me. Am I about to get a Michael Bay bomb? <laughs> I wish. David Fincher, 54 Very years fun. old. He has directed 10 movies and... Some of his include Fight Club, Zodiac, Social Network, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl. He worked a little bit on House of Cards. But I think he did the uh, series premiere. Yeah, right? I believe he did. Maybe the second episode, too, but I, he definitely just did the first one, I know. Yeah, um, seven. He did seven. Benjamin Button. Did I even say either of those? Yeah, he, he's done a lot yeah. of really well-known movies. And Panic Room. That's news to me. <laughs> Have you seen that movie and didn't know it was David Fincher? No, I have not seen that movie, but I did not know it was David Fincher. So why is it news? Yeah. <laughs> Just because there's a reason movie. I haven't seen it, because it looks stupid. <laughs> now I have to. But yeah, his movies are just like fun. Like Gone Girl is the most fun I've had in a movie theater in, in the last few years, probably. Yeah. Just like It's like a roller coaster. Yeah, him as a film as a filmmaker, he's total control, like so clean. Well, he's well known shots, for making beautiful. the actors of his in his movies repeat scenes several times. Yeah, he's a very precision sort of director. Well, I did find that his most commonly used phrase on set is, shut the F up, please. Please, though. Yeah, nice guy. So there you go, yeah. But I did find that his first feature film, Alien 3, is not his favorite. His quote that I found in from an interview, I believe it was with The Guardian, I, he said, to this day, no one hates it more than me. That can't be true. Ringing endorsement of his first film. <laughs> yeah. I bet, I bet Ridley Scott loves Alien 3. <laughs> anyway, my fifth one, and I practiced all day yesterday, so I hope I can pronounce this correctly, is 49-year-old French-Canadian filmmaker Denis Villeneuve. That's pretty good. Is that good? I was, about, I, was ready to, I was ready to turn your Dennis into Denis, <laughs> and you did it, unfortunately. Yeah, he's directed That's a great one. nine films. 
Mm-hmm. Four that appear to be foreign language films, which would definitely be an interesting experiment. That would be really fun. I think that would be fun. Yeah. And then uh, once he started working in English, he made Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, so Arrival. He's got Blade Runner coming out later this year. He's definitely on the rise, so to speak. Prisoners, one of the best movies of the last five years. Sicario, pretty good movie. Arrival. Pretty good flick. Beautiful. Arrival, should have won Best Picture. And then Blade Runner 2049. Is the trailer of the year? Is there a better trailer on TV? I have not seen Blade one. I went other to than see, maybe Black Tra- Black Panther. I went to see the film Baby Driver last week, two weeks ago. Good movie. And the trailer for Blade Runner twenty forty nine got shown before, and I was blown away. I was literally I I went to the movies by myself because I like to do that sometimes, and I was honestly looking around the theater like seeing if everyone else also realized that the trailer was amazing. It was just it, full of such majestic shots, and I, yeah. I was just so excited by it. It looked awesome. It's going to be beautiful, yeah, for sure. I thought he would be a fun filmmaker just because he is so visual from the movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. be an interesting study in that actual part of filmmaking. I mean, I guess a lot of the guys I've mentioned would be, but he is definitely an interesting one. And I couldn't find any fun facts about him. But I have a vague. There's nothing fun about Danny. I have a vague memory of him being mentioned on an old Andy Greenwald, Chris Ryan podcast, and Chris Ryan saying something about how when he made Arrival, he didn't actually understand any of it in English, and just was like, "Oh, it'll make sense when I film it." I don't know if that's true, but I have a vague memory of that conversation happening. Anyway, so my five are Coen Brothers, Paul Thomas Anderson, David Lynch, David Fincher. And Denis Villeneuve. Those are pretty good. Those are big hitters. Those are some Those are some of the generation directors. Come at me, dog. Oh, I can't. If this is an argument about whether your five directors are better than my five directors, you win. I, here's the white flag. I'm waving it. Congratulations. Mine are nowhere of that caliber. What I do have here are directors that I think would be really fun to do deep dives on because, A, we probably haven't watched all of their movies some 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 of their movies are great and we don't know that this is the director that made them. So I think these five are the best five directors to go into because of that reason. I think it'd be an adventure to get through some of them. I had to eliminate 11 other directors and that was a heartbreaker. Mostly because most of them are dead and there's nothing to get excited about in the future for a lot of them. Yeah, how are we going to ever get them on the podcast? I know exactly. I for, the, for those out there listening, the hardest one to cut here was John Hughes because he's written a bunch of great movies, but he's only directed eight, and he is uh, dead. So, rest in peace, John Hughes. Fair enough. Home Alone 2 was his best movie. Okay, my number one, and it also scored number one on Oh, my, you ranked yours. It, mine was in no particular order, by the way. No, mine's in, mine's, mine is in no particular order. This person just happens to be number one okay. <laughs> on my advanced metrics algorithm that I did, which averaged seven categories, which had subcategories, and uh, I used mathematics to generate... And then you created a 445-team bracket. Yeah, well... T- to be fair, it's 448 for the songs. Whatever. But for this one, I, have, <laughs> I actually had I had 10, and I put them through the ringer. I put them through... The ringer.com. Uh, ringer.com. <laughs> www. I had um, the number of movies is, that they had made was a category. The genre that they tended towards was a category with a little bit of weight. Whether or not they were dead or almost dead, uh, Ridley <laughs> Scott scored in the middle (laughs) uh arbitration which is a category i always lean toward where i just throw gut feelings at it their imdb top four the four movies that they play or that they show when you click on a person's name i ranked those and those had subcategories including poster quality gut feeling familiarity with the movies lack of sequels that kind of thing i feel like i should reiterate something i talked about in the last podcast which is that you were so slow at getting to your 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 Listen, names and the stuff. People need to know where I'm coming from, how I got there, because they how can't long possibly understand there, your beautiful mind without it. <laughs> That's right. And will they be able to understand it after TBD? Unseen potential, which is the potential of the movies that I have not seen of theirs. Total mm. that up. I averaged it. There's some subcategories in there. I balanced that against some control scores, uh, some classic Good directors. <laughs> Uh, like Tarantino, Wes Anderson, Stanley Kubrick, Steven Spielberg, Scorsese, and Francis Ford Coppola. 
I had those averages in there and I compared them to those. Here are the five that I ended up I don't up even with. understand what you're saying anymore. For the record, my list was just based off of me saying, man, I really want to see this movie and this movie. I'm going to put them on the list. Yes, and I will say this. The five that I ended up with because of my advanced metrics did not satisfy me, so I moved like three or four around and picked three or four random people. <laughs> the person that I'm listing I'm first you just got my number one slide. <laughs> I put the work in and then I throw it in the garbage. Number one, I have Guy Ritchie. We're talking about British movies where you can't understand what they're saying. You need a little bit of subtitles. It's going to be fast. It's going to be loud. There's going to be a lot of shooting. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Those are Guy Ritchie movies. His biggest movie, his most famous movie is Snatch. A movie that I have not seen. So I'm excited about. And I assume we're going to be watching it because he is going to be the person. How many movies has he made? He has made eight of just like non-short, non-documentary, non- Madonna music video. Eight feature films. Eight feature films. He's done two Sherlock Holmes movies with our friend of the pod, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Friend of the pod. <laughs> uh, Rock and Rolla, Revolver, Swept Away, Snatch, and Lockstock to Smoke and Barrels. Those are his, The Man from Uncle's is most recent. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. His most recent that we've seen is King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, which is low-key, everybody. The little inside... A little inside the head of Sam here. Top five movies of 2017. Wow. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Bunch of fun. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. If you liked the pacing and the music, the musicality of uh, Baby Driver, which Taylor did not, then you will like King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. He's also gotten the reins for the new Aladdin movie, mm. and it's rumored that he's going to be in charge of Sherlock Holmes 3. So if you want to be prepped going into those feature films in the next couple <laughs> of years... You want right, to have seen? Say, yeah, let's, say, let's save your save your hardcore arguments for a little. Later. I know. I'm just. I'm just. The only way that you can introduce Guy Ritchie is by talking about what he's done and what he's capable of. And let me say, because you just threw a subtle thing out there about Baby Driver, I liked it, but I didn't yeah. love it. You liked it with a little question mark. At the yeah, I'm like, not. I, I'm not I like. Liked I'm, it. I, I liked it. I'm not like Andy Greenwald who's running around being like, "This movie sucks." <laughs> like I thought it was good. I enjoyed sure. it. Sure. Okay. Area for number two. Oh, I'm ready. I got my pen ready, my pad. I'm talking about, you went with the foreigner, the out-of-towner, if you will, Denis Villeneuve. I went with Guillermo del Toro. This man has made a bunch of movies I've not seen, a few that I have. Crimson Peak. He wrote the screenplay for one of the Hobbit movies. He made Pacific Rim. He's making the new Pacific Rim, I think, or he wrote the screenplay for it, or he's producing for it. He's... Gonna be the director of the new Pinocchio movie. So I have a theme of going with directors who are eventually gonna do weird, dark Disney movies. He did Crimson Peak. He did Pacific Rim. He did the Hellboy series. He did Blade 2. Pan's Labyrinth. Kind of dark. Kind of fun. I will watch his movies. Moving on. I also have Danny Boyle. This is my, like... Okay, I put them all in... uh, I don't really know basketball very well. But because we're doing five on five here, I went with uh, who would be my starting five and what would they play in basketball. So wait, Danny so Boyle. your five was also based off position and basketball? Yeah, who I who and I and this is based on the Wikipedia definition of each of these positions. Danny Boyle is my uh, small forward. He's what the most were the other style. two? <laughs> oh, sorry, Guy Ritchie is my power forward. He's just going up big. He's gonna do what he's always gonna do. He's gonna make action movies. He's gonna use his elbows and he's gonna play strong, not full center. That was Guillermo del Toro, because he's definitely the heaviest director on my list. Like, physically? Yeah, but he's the only one actually considered physicality with. He's the heaviest guy. (laughs) But also, he's just dependable. He's going to make his movies. They're going to be a little dark. They're going to be a little creepy. Some of them are going to be in a different language. But if you're you're casting a Pinocchio movie and you're looking for a director and you want it to be a little dark... Guillermo, get your center. Get him some boards. He'll get the rebounds for you. He'll pick up. He'll pick him off the rim. Because I know when I watched out. Pinocchio, I, I think you know what. You know this what would make this better? Enough. It was darker. Yeah, It'll probably be stop action. It's fine. Okay, Danny Boyle. He's my small forward. He's versatile. He can dribble, but he's not the point guard. He's control the defense. I don't know enough about basketball to tell you anything else other than that. Listen to what he's done so far. <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. A plus. Train Spotting. A minus. One hundred twenty-seven hours. B plus would have been an A minus if they didn't spend so much time on him cutting off his arm. Twenty eight. If it was later, Dave instead of James. What was Dave like? Fourteen when that movie came out. <laughs> no, that take oh, applies no. more to the Affleck brothers because Casey's cooler. Well, 
We're not going to get into off-field stuff, but Casey's better at it. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to do that. 28 Days Later, not really a fan, but people like it. Steve Jobs, pretty good movie. Sunshine is one of those movies where people are like, <laughs> this is the best movie I've ever seen, but you haven't seen it for sure. No, you and I have a I shared have experience <laughs> with Steve Jobs, though. That's right. Fell asleep during that movie. Yeah, we went to uh, a relative of mine's house and crashed there, and they were like, oh, watch any of the movies on the video on demand thing. We're like, oh, let's watch Steve Jobs. And I believe I made it about five minutes in the movie before falling asleep. Yeah. And then... And to me, I'd, so people... We're not, like, falling asleep near next to each other. We're in different chairs and stuff. We're not, like... Oh, there were three of us. We were all in one bed. I think we were just tired. It was... We, we were doing... We had lives at that point. We were cool. Yeah. Sunshine... Is that Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, or is that a different thing? No, it's different. This is just regular old Sunshine. Written by Alex Garland. Ex Machina's Alex Garland. Oh, that's that's another good one. I think you mentioned before we were recording about guys who have only done a couple movies. Two movies. Yeah. He was one of the ones I was thinking of, too. Yeah. Um, He's also going to direct James Vandermeer's Annihilation. Sunshine, uh, Cillian Murphy, Rose Byrne, Chris Evans. Could be fun to... What's it about? Kill old Danny Boyle. Um, Space? Space and oh, sun. Oh, okay. They have to. The sun is dying, and they have to go restart it somehow. So they have to just go do the uh, rubbing together the paddles and get it to jumpstart the heart of the sun, basically. Hmm. Danny Boyle, he's got a undisclosed amount of movies. So I have to <laughs> look it up. And he's pretty good. He's British. Train spotting. They just made a second one, and then he's also he's also just got a pretty good repertoire. Let me um, ask you this, Sam. Do you hate America? Let's see. I have one, two. I have. Three non-American directors. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you know what? The answer is yes, because my next one, Taylor, is a woman. Her <laughs> so name. You really hate him. <laughs> I really must hate. My number four is uh, Point Break's own Catherine Bigelow. Mm. She, you may not know her by name, but you know her by movie. She did Point Break, Hurt Locker. She did Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty. She's got the new Detroit movie coming out pretty soon that I'm really excited about. And then my last one, my number five, is Darren Aronofsky. This is dark. This is the deep dive dark. This is Requiem for a Dream. This is Pi. This is Black Swan, Natalie Portman's opus. This is Noah. He's got he's got some dark he's got he's got the dark streak. Not mm. maybe it's not as weird as David Lynch, but he can he can swim in the same depth. He can swim in some water that's deep. My only question he's, is, what position are Bigelow and Aronofsky in your basketball team? Listen. <laughs> so far you Bigelow, got Richie at power forward, Del Toro at center, and Boyle at, at uh, small forward. Uh, small forward, yeah. And then running point, taking the ball up the court, someone that'll pass the ball away to Keanu Reeves, someone that can pull up and shoot on a war movie is Catherine Bigelow. Mm. Who's running your offense? Somebody that's been making movies for a really long time. That's who's doing it. Somebody that... That, that knows how to pass the, the rock to somebody that's going to score some points for you. Catherine Bigelow is my point guard. And shooting guard is, is Darren Aronofsky. And the reason for that is Taylor, because I ran out of positions and he was the last person on my list. And I don't know what a shooting guard does. They shoot. He's the Steph Curry on my team. You want a dark movie? You want a movie about ballet and you accidentally cast Natalie Portman already? Pull up from beyond the arc. Darren Aronofsky's going to swish it. You want a movie? You want Mickey Rourke back on the silver screen? And you want him to play a wrestler? You know what that is? That's a half-court shot. I love the the attempt at this analogy. Just keep, keep <laughs> going. Here's, okay, here's mine. Coen brothers are... Yeah, let's do it. They're the center. Okay. Because Why? the Lopez brothers when I, are when centers. He, when, he sit, when, when Ethan sits on top of Joel's shoulders, he's the tallest man in the <laughs> When they sit in a trench coat together, they're very tall. Yeah. Really, I just thought of that because the Lopez brothers are centers and they're brothers. And then I made Fincher the point guard for the reasons you talked about. Control, run the sure. offense. Yeah. He's always good dribbler, ball handler. Yeah, he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then Lynch is power forward because... <sighs> Getting boards, dog. <laughs> oh, wait, is that what he does? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, like, most power forwards are usually kind of screwed up mentally, just, I don't, and they can yeah. never make free throws, so... Um, Somebody tweet me some famous power forwards really quick. And then Paul Thomas Anderson is small forward, and I don't know why. And then Villeneuve is shooting guard because there's always the European guys who are just knocking down threes. Dude, for sure. I hate that. I, that. I hate that we went that deep with that, but... Kevin Garnett was power forward. Tim Duncan. 
All right, so let's start. Let's start off. Let's start our uh, elimination process here. Yes. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna eliminate one of yours, and then okay. you're gonna eliminate two of yours, and then I will pick the winner, and we'll do that for me too. So we'll each eliminate one of the other persons, and then we'll have to eliminate okay. two of our own. Gotcha. And okay. then we'll go back, okay. and the other person will decide who wins for okay. yours. Wow, so, we're de- and we're debating this hotly. You're gonna name one of my people right now, and I'm gonna say no. It should be somebody else. Maybe. <laughs> Hold on, really quickly. You have Cohen Brothers, PTA, David Lynch, Veneuve, and who? And David Fincher. Fincher. Cohen Brothers, okay. David Lynch, Paul Thomas Anderson, David Fincher, and Denis Villeneuve. And you have okay. Guy Ritchie, Guillermo del Toro, Danny Boyle, Catherine Bigelow, and Darren Aronofsky. That's absolutely correct. Very and good. a reminder the winner of each of our five will go to a live Twitter poll where we'll get thousands of votes yes. on. The window will be open for five minutes, and then we shut it down. <laughs> Only Taylor and I will be will be voting. <laughs> it's gonna be one one. Final it's gonna be one one. Okay, we'll so let's get into it. Podcast. Who should go first? Please, I li- I, I ask you to go first. You want me to flip a coin? No, I'll do. Uh, the, I mean, okay, you can would go that first. make would that make great podcasting if we flipped a coin? Yeah. Okay. Pink! it freezes in the air for 10 seconds we both look at it and look at each other and then look back at it and then it just lands on its side well i was i was trying to reference the twin peaks episode where that happened oh i was referencing uh the primate movie where he plays hockey most valuable primate you're talking about dawn of the war of the planet of the apes no no no. (laughs) forget it okay i am eliminating here's who i'm eliminating i am eliminating guy ritchie Gah. Ugh. Goodbye, fast action. Goodbye, fast talking. Goodbye, British. Goodbye, a little bit of Jude Law. Goodbye, that guy from Gone in 60 Seconds that I can't remember the name of that's in that one movie, Revolver or something. Goodbye, King Arthur. My goodbye, my final goodbye on the headstone of Guy Ritchie's eligibility here is go see King Arthur Legend of the Sword. It's a pretty good movie. <laughs> It's not great, but it's better than you think if you think it's going to be. It's better than you bad. think. I'm going to they should put that on the poster. That's what I always say. Yeah. All right. Charlie Hunnam is in it. Do I have to explain my decision or no? Yeah, I want a reason. <laughs> why, why does it why does my, there have to be a why reason? Why did you kill my <laughs> I guess my logic was that I haven't seen a lot of Guy Ritchie movies, so my perception That's was That's the point. My per, hold up. <laughs> okay. My perception is that his movies are just a bunch of talky action movies and i didn't feel like watching the same movie a bunch of times okay well the complaint that you're going to watch the same movie a bunch of times is well-founded but they're <laughs> not that talky they're also slowed down action the wonder woman effect where it's like the action is slow-mo all of a sudden mm. i haven't seen yeah, wonder woman you. heard it's good that's not that good it's fine oh well it's pretty good it's good it's fine it's good fine all superhero movies are all fine Let's it's fine just... you know what's better than wonder woman the trailer for Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> we and talked also about the that. trailer for Black Panther. Yeah, we talked about this. <laughs> All right, fine. Guy Ritchie's gone. I just have to. I'm highlighting his his name in gray right now as we speak. He's he's off my list. I will watch his videos, his videotapes, his home films. Are right, you ready for me to eliminate one? Go for it. We're about to lose a lot of listeners here. Uh oh. I'm dropping the one and only, and I have good reason for this, but not really. Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm. My reasoning, Taylor, is because I've seen. Just about every Paul Thomas Anderson movie. They're all super good. Everyone should watch it. This is not a should I watch these movies podcast. This is a (laughs) what happens if we accidentally watch every movie of one director. They're super good. There's not that many of them. They're big epics. They're heavy movies. You want to kind of sit in them for a while. They would actually make probably a good podcast. But to be honest, I've seen them. Fair enough. I mean, I want to see them. And I didn't get Inherent Vice. I didn't get it. I know. This is Inherent Vice's fault. Yeah, I like the strategy uh, of this. I feel like having us eliminate one first makes it more interesting. Yeah, it and it. I feel like and I feel like Twitter is going to be like, oh, of course I like Paul Thomas Anderson. He's the 2000 Stanley Kubrick, so they're all going to vote for him if it came down to it. And I'm just going to go ahead and get rid of him. No, now. Chris Nolan is Stanley Ooh. Kubrick because Interstellar is like Space Odyssey. It's like 2001 or something. Yeah, they're like the same. Prestige is just Clockwork Orange. I don't know. Prestige is okay. Prestige wasn't even the best. Magic movie that came out in 2007, bro. It was the illusionist. <laughs> illusionist, dog. <laughs> that is a take I'm willing to listen to. If we have a bit, we can have a prestige illusionist podcast anytime. 
We have we have that prepped. We got the Parks and Rec first the Office podcast ready to go. That one is going to be a one and done. That is going to be that's going to take me five minutes. We'll bury that one. <laughs> okay, now I want you to look at your remaining four, which is Guillermo del Toro, Danny Boyle, Catherine Bigelow, and Darren Aronofsky, and eliminate two of your own. Jeez. Well, you want me? I'm going to eliminate one, then you eliminate one of yours. I need some some time to think about this. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to eliminate one of my own. The late Darren Aronofsky. The late? <sighs> Is he dead? No, he's no, he's alive. <laughs> he's like forty-seven. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, that was tough. Darren Aronofsky, good movies, guys. Some of them. Don't watch Requiem for a Dream alone at night. It's just gonna make you really sad. Yeah, that, I forgot about that one. That's one I've never seen. I would have liked to have seen, yeah, but that's a good one. We can only there can only be one. And also Noah. I've read, Not as I've bad read as you that think. in the Bible before. <laughs> I've read that before. I read the book is better. <laughs> the book is better. It is <laughs> quite different. For the book readers out there, this one is different. This is a... This is a the book is actually short. much shorter, I think. This is what people would call a, a pretty blasphemic iteration of, of Noah. Okay, so now you want me to eliminate one. I'm yeah, going to... Just because I think you can have too much of a good thing, this is tough. Oof. But... I'm going to eliminate David P. Lynch. I don't know what his name wow. is. Wow. Um, That's tough. Because I feel like I'm getting so much of a Twin Peaks fill that I kind of just want to take something else in right now. <laughs> as much as I'd love to yeah, go through and watch fair. his weird yeah. movies. And as someone who is not who is not exactly swam in the deep end of David Lynch, I'm pretty, I can say with some confidence that Twin Peaks is like, the most palatable David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, it's like the most close well, to sanity. Well, I think you could have watch. said that before this most previous season. We won't get into it, but the the first four I episodes of The Return yeah. are just like straight up. But even insane. still, I like even still, I I can grasp or have someone explain to me and me kind of understand what's going on in Twin Peaks. Can't do that with Mulholland Drive. Probably can't do that with Eraserhead. Maybe you can do that with Dune. Because it's a book first. I don't know. Well, but we'll say goodbye to a, him for now. Yeah. We'll wait till the, the sun is covered by a moon and it's just permanent night on Earth. Then we'll start watching David Lynch movies. We'll wait till Kyle MacLachlan is literally floating through space trying to save a woman whose eyes are covered by some weird skin-like texture as know, a giant just, head floats alert. by <laughs> that says blue ivy or something. Blue rose. <laughs> blue, ivy. blue ivy Carter. <laughs> CD coming out. Okay, she's probably guessing. You are down to Guillermo del Toro, Danny Boyle, Catherine Bigelow. How do you feel about your lot here? Good, not great. I'll be honest. I think that your three are much more. Uh... Yeah, my three are Coen Brothers, David Fincher, and Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> the thing, let me tell you what I like about my three directors before we decide to cut one of them, so that I can be thinking about which one to cut while I talk. They each like, they bring something to the table. Guillermo del Toro. He's the only one left who I feel like makes legitimately pretty dark, pretty good, pretty creepy at least. Crimson Peak looks scary. I've never seen it, but it looks scary. Yeah, I watched that one and it's like the world you're the world that you're spending time in is is eerie. It's just eerie. It's not David Lynch depth. It's not that spacey. It's not that out there. But it's David Lynch is more like Dolly than Edgar Allan Poe. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. And Del Toro is a little closer and he can do he does a lot of fantasy he likes fantasy stuff too which is why pinocchio we're all getting hyped about that so i think he's gonna be good i'm gonna keep him on the list okay Danny boyle i really want to watch sunshine someday but gosh okay catherine bigelow means i get to rewatch point break and zero dark 30 and zero dark 30 haven't seen hurt locker since it came out she's coming out with detroit coming up pretty soon danny boyle doesn't have anything big on the horizon i'm gonna go ahead and cut Danny Boyle. Mm. Dang it. I kind of want to watch Train Spotting. And he has Train Spotting too. <laughs> there are a lot yep. of good Danny Boyle movies that I have not touched. Yeah, screw it. I'm going to cut Catherine Bigelow. Oh, plot twist. Plot twist. I, I had already I'm put a line. Unlighting. I know. I have to go back and unhighlight this gray and rehighlight it. I too. had already put a pen line through Danny Boyle. You're going to have to erase that. This is the big twist. When you, You're going to need to advertise a twist on this. This podcast. This <laughs> yeah, that was, that, right that was it. What a thrilling move right there. Some Shyamalan move right there. That's what should be. So you're you're eliminating Catherine Bigelow. Yes. I, before we get down to our final choices here, whew, 
Coen Brothers, David Fincher, and Denis Villeneuve. Wow. you got to cut one of them, man. One of these directors doesn't make the cut. This is tough. What do you think about that? Arrivals, Dilla Villeneuve. Okay. I think what I'm going to do is try to set you up to be forced to pick one that I'll be thrilled with either way. That would be... I mean, you're trying to pick the two pastor it. <laughs> I, okay, here's what I'm going to do, and I know I'm going to need to explain this because it'll be blasphemy probably. I'm going to cut Ooh, the Coen Brothers. Do. Yep, I knew it. Partially because... because they've directed 17 films, and I feel like that's we, yeah. we might have an easier time with someone who's done a, a, a bit yeah. fewer to start yes. off our podcast. And this is and this is something we talked about before that we should clear the air a little bit on. We sort of semi-intentionally did not pick certain juggernaut directors. We did not do Hitchcock, Tarantino... Francis Ford Coppola. Well, because we'd be doing this for years. Because one, we'd be doing this for years. Two, we're kind of just getting feel for this. We don't really know what it's going to be like to watch these movies. So right now we got a couple who are like, Fincher is the biggest name on here and he's not like, he's pretty big. He's pretty big. But it's not, it's not the Mount Rushmore of directors yet. Right. We're not trying to tackle something huge here. We just kind of want to have fun with some some popular directors that people might not have had a chance to see all of their movies. So we'll, we'll talk more about the format of the individual episodes as we go along, because I have a lot of ideas for that, but that'll sort of develop. But yeah, I'm going to eliminate the Coen brothers for now, at least in the first iteration of this Man. currently untitled podcast. And but this is a good time for me to admit to the public that I've never seen Big Lebowski. Me neither. So that's... People are going to quit. People are not gonna <laughs> I haven't seen anymore. a lot of their movies. I've pretty much only seen Fargo, No Country for Old Men, Burn After Reading... True Grit, Inside Lewin Davis, and Hail Caesar. Wow, I've seen more than I thought as I look. That's, I mean, yeah, but is it enough? I don't know. That's about what I've seen. So I am now. down to David Fincher and Denis Villeneuve, which are two, oh, this is good. two yeah. guys that I'm really excited about potentially watching yeah. all of their movies. So I'm happy with where I'm at. I like that. I am as happy with where I am at. As I was when I started. Yeah, you got Guillermo del Toro and Danny Boyle. So basically, my my David Fincher is, is Danny Boyle, and my Villeneuve is Guillermo. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. They're like the B. They're like the B minus versions of each of those guys. So it's interesting. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see how we decide to. Uh, well, we'll get a good insight into each other's mindset in that sense. Yeah. Where we want to go with this? I like weaker movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now we are down to we each have to eliminate one of the other persons, right? This is it. We're going straight to the Twitter poll after this. Gosh, and the gates will open at 12 o'clock midnight. Well, it, yeah. <laughs> this podcast Midnight's, comes out on Tuesday morning. Yeah. So the plan is the poll will go up at noon on Tuesday, and it'll close okay. at noon on Wednesday. And we will have a podcast topic after that. So does that mean I need to pick yours first, since that's the order Yeah, why don't you pick it? mine first? Because, yeah. Okay, so we got Guillermo del Toro and Danny Boyle. That's our final... Danny Boy! Danny Boy. Think about how often the people will get to say Danny Boy. Oh, Danny Boy. I will definitely not weigh that into my decision. We got del Toro. We got got del Toro. Boyle. We got Boyle. One of those is the name and the other one is something on your face or your foot. (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> like a pimple? I don't know. Boil. Oh, boil like B O I L. Okay. Gosh. Okay. Good and boy. start. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping all this in. Okay. So. So you got Train Spotting okay. versus. I feel like Boil has Hellboy a lot of too. movies that I haven't seen that I've heard great things about. But I will yeah. say, Slumdog Millionaire. Everybody hyped it, and then I watched it, and I thought it was stupid. So that's a mark. Okay. That's a mark. So is it a poor man's who wants to be a millionaire to you? You just <laughs> yeah. rather, you said that should have been Regis Philbin. <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire based on a true story starring Regis Philbin. But I'm also kind of scared Kelly. of watching Hellboy. Um, it's true. It has the word hell in it. And I'm a little afraid of watching Crimson Peak. I live alone. They're not going to be easy. They're not going to be light movies. <laughs> <laughs> I live alone. Okay. Uh <laughs> Let's see. I, I'm thinking, God, this is... Boyle's got... This is insane. Boyle had a movie come out earlier this year. Del Toro has a movie coming out called The Shape of Water. Looks pretty chilling. Comes out December 8th. 
an otherworldly fairy tale set against the yeah, backdrop of that. Cold War era America circa 1963. In the hidden high security government laboratory where she works, lonely Elisa, Eliza, I don't know, Sally Hawkins is trapped in a life of silence and isolation. Her life has changed forever when she and co-worker Zelda, Octavia Spencer, discover a secret classified experiment. Did you like how I went to the voice just only for the end? I did like it. It was dark. Okay. Oh, Michael Shannon. You know who's in this movie, Taylor? Michael Shannon's in this? Michael Shannon's in this movie. Okay. Richard Jenkins from Step Brothers. Barry Jenkins from Moonlight. Michael Jenkins from the NFL. Oh, Michael Stuhlbarg from Fargo Season 3. All right. Mm. Okay. And then what does Danny Boyle have coming up? He's got a nothing. He's got a movie. Oh, he just did Train Spotting too. He's got a TV show called Trust that's supposed to come out next year. I don't know what it is. There's no description of it yet. Okay, decision time. I am picking Guillermo del Toro. Yes, correct. <laughs> that is correct. That is what I wanted. You sucker. Crap. That is the one I wanted the most. I'm disappointed that you're satisfied. You're an idiot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Twitter, you will thank me when you have to watch Hellboy 2 and you kind of like it. And then also Shape of Water. That looks scary. And then Pinocchio. That looks like it's going to be like... Does that come out this year too? Mr. Fox. No, it's, it's next year. But it's going to be like a fantastic Mr. Fox meets Hellboy 2. All right, so fine. There, there you have it. A darker version <laughs> okay. of the classic children's fairy tale. Yeah, I think we already made a joke about that earlier. All right, so we're, we're working on Dylan Eve and David Fincher. Yeah, that's what you got. So I picked Del Toro for you, Guy Ritchie, Danny Boyle, Catherine Bigelow, and Darren Aronofsky are all casualties. So oh. who you want, Fincher okay. or Villeneuve? Villeneuve. You, you, hit, you hit on something pretty interesting about this. this something to, to look forward to for the year while we're watching these movies with Shape of Water. Yeah, because I kind of, I kind of think it could be fun to build towards something. Yeah, I like that. And what the problem is, David Fincher has only got World War Z two coming out, which I'll write. I mean, I like World War Z. It's a good movie. What's World War Z two going to be about? More zombies, more planes crashing. I don't know. It's interesting, and it's only announced, so we don't even know what's coming out. He's got a show called Mindhunter. Frankly, I didn't like World War Z, so. Well, that's a different conversation. What's a better zombie movie than that? Shaun of the Dead, which you also haven't seen. Is Twenty Eight Days Later a zombie movie? Did I just eliminate that from? Yeah, you do. Just like that. It is a That's not bad. I didn't really like it. Man, I'm going to throw myself under the bus with all my weird takes today. Um, okay, so David Fincher. Dang, he's got Social Network, Gone Girl. He's got some classics. Did you know this, Taylor? He's got Justin Timberlake featuring Jay-Z, Suit and Tie, a video short. Oh, well, then you have to pick him. I mean, that's the one we have to go with. No choice. Here's, you know what's going to make my decision, Taylor? We talked about this earlier on the podcast. I think it's been a theme for us. The best movie out of all these movies is the trailer for Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> I'm picking we keep Dilly. Coming back to I, it. I'm picking Dilly Nilaniu. <laughs> my man from France. He's from Canada. But oh, French Canada. Yeah. Excuse me. But yeah. Have you ever been there? You don't know it's not France. All right. That's cool. That's our final two. I'm good with Goodbye, that. David Fincher. <laughs> Goodbye. All right. So we I lost a- Coen Brothers Lynch PTA. Fincher. Yeah. All right, cool. So we got two we got two non-Americans going at it. Yeah. Couple of couple of kind of heavy movies sometimes. Prisoners is not like a is not a Sunday afternoon kind of easy easy listen. Prisoners is not a movie I We basically have two guys that I don't want to watch their movies alone and I'm going to sit and watch all their movies alone. Yeah. That's going to be transformative. <laughs> what will you what will you transform into? I'm hyped, and now we got, and now we're sitting on a couple. We're gonna watch these movies, and it's gonna ramp up into their big new project coming out. Might be a little more that's of a exciting. time crunch with Villeneuve, but <laughs> when is that, that's when is that one coming out? October. October ninth or something. That's a few months. Well, if and there's a big if, if we pick Denis, then we'll make it happen. We'll crunch it out. We'll make it happen. We're gonna make it happen with either of these guys. That's my new yeah. goal. Now that we've managed, yeah. we happen to get down to these two guys with movies coming out later this year, which was not actually planned. <laughs> Um, right but yeah. worked out well i like our two here I'm, I'm honestly voters i want you to hear this i'm happy with either one going through you're not gonna offend me if you vote for denis Villeneuve. i think you'd be wrong to do so you'd be missing out on an episode of the strain <laughs> why well, I, I refuse to watch the strain as part of this experiment <laughs> <laughs> listen to the first movie we get to watch together we watched del toro chronos a mysterious device designed to provide its owner with eternal life resurfaces after 400 years leaving a trail of destruction in its path i think we're gonna get some good sci-fi if we go del toro route here i think we're gonna get good sci-fi if we go denis 
Yeah, he's got some human movies too, though, with Sicario and uh, prisoners. And stuff. That's true. Yeah, there's a couple humans in these movies. There's <laughs> not, and this is a fact. There is not one single human cast in any single Guillermo del Toro movie. <laughs> I think Charlie Day Ron was Perlman. in Pacific Rim, maybe. He was. All right, yeah. cool. Well, okay. Here's the plan. I'm gonna put this podcast up. It's gonna be Tuesday morning. You're gonna open up your iPod and you're gonna be like, "Oh, sweet, a new Foxworthy podcast." And you're going to listen to it, and then you'll now be hearing me say this, which is going to be really confusing because of the order that I just talked about it in. And then you will have a week to ruminate, think about this, do some do some of your own research, or, or just be on, happen to be on Twitter the day that I post the poll. But I will put the poll up uh, a week after when we post the successive weeks pod. I don't know what that'll be about yet, but that's when I'll post the poll at noon on Tuesday the week after this, and then... I believe Twitter lets you keep a poll open for 24 hours, and then uh, whoever wins, that's wins. it. It's up to you. We're going to watch your movies in order from chronologically when they started and when they were released. <laughs> no, then we'll do a series of polls that help you decide the order. <laughs> yes, of- what is the order? <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. I- I'm excited. I think this will be good. we got two cool-sounding names to go against each other in the Twitter poll. Yeah. I think this will be cool. And I think these are two exciting filmmakers, so... This yeah, this is good. And they, they got cool projects coming up. They've made cool stuff. I haven't seen all of either of them. Either way, it's going to be fun to... And I'm talking myself into losing this Twitter vote. Either way, it's going to be great. Because <laughs> people don't want to be afraid. All the, yeah. These Del Toro movies look scary. Well, Del Toro, yeah, seriously. <laughs> also, Blade oh. Runner 2049, as you mentioned, best trailer of the year by far. Yeah. Suck sure. it, Star Wars. Okay. Black Panther is close. I'll give him Black that. Black Panther was pretty good. All right, so there you have it. You've listened to another hour of me and Sam talking about random stuff, and we've got two directors to choose from. We'll have a name for the podcast by the time it comes back. Uh, it's all going to be good. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming, Sam. Thanks for having us. You me and the listener. Me and the <laughs> listener. Happy you had us on your show. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. This is the Foxworthy Podcast. I'm Taylor. He's Sam. We're going to talk about movies pretty soon, so stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter, at FoxworthyPod. That's actually pretty important for this uh, for this episode. For this specific episode. So, yeah, it's going to be Guillermo del Toro versus Denis Villeneuve. Run the jewels. Play us out. Play us out. Foxworthy Podcast.